0: Today's the day. A friend you haven't seen in a long time invited you over to hang out, and you can't wait. You run up the steps to the house, breathlessly knocking on the door. Hey, come in. You hear from the inside. You open the door, and your friend is standing in the living room, playing a video game you've never seen before. Hey, wanna play? He asks, and throws you the controller. Okay, it's pretty overwhelming at first, but I've eaten it like five times, so you're gonna be fine. You take the controller and give it a try but your head spins and you can't keep up with your friend and his constant barrage of instructions. Okay, all right, what you want to do is you want to jump. Nope, nope, the other way, no, okay, uh, okay, Um. Okay, click that button. The other one, the other one.
1: Like
0: uh, uh, yeah, okay, so, uh, you died Okay, no, 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 Use that button, okay. uh, other way. No, dodge, dodge, now, dodge now. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, okay, you died, it's okay. One hour and a whole lot of frustration later, You take a deep breath and toss the controller on the couch. Your friend still wants to play, but you tell him maybe you'll just try again later. Disappointed and feeling a lot like a loser, you leave your friend's house to find something else to do. Sometimes our experience of Christianity can feel a bit like playing this video game, trying to figure out a complicated set of rules to a game our Christian friends seem to have already mastered. Like the first friend, we might throw ourselves into mastering these rules. We learn the strategies of Christianity, the things we have to do to get ahead easier or win the approval of God or other people. Following all these rules isn't always easy, but we might feel much better at it than engaging in relationships, which can feel messy, vulnerable, and uncertain. Or, like the second friend, we might feel frustrated and defeated by Christianity because we feel like we're constantly failing at the things we're supposed to do. When we feel this way, we'll eventually want to just walk away. Or, Maybe we go back and forth between the two, trying to master the rules, and then crashing in frustration because being perfect is impossible. The subject of our story today, the rich young ruler, as some translations call him, was caught in just such a dilemma. Through his conversation with Jesus, we learn what God actually wants from us and how to break free from a frustrating, unsatisfying, and rule-dominated experience of Christianity to find a real relationship with God. Mark 10 verse 17 as Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him, knelt down and asked, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Imagine you're this guy. We'll learn later that you've been working hard to be good your whole life and you've done pretty well. You've learned that if you can figure out and master the rules of the game in life, then you'll get what you want. But lately you've been stuck. You've done everything you've been told, but you can't shake the feeling that something's missing. Aren't you supposed to be happy? Why don't you feel secure or satisfied? You've heard a lot of chatter about a teacher named Jesus. It definitely seems like he has something you lack, but you can't figure out what it is. As he arrives in your hometown, you get to hear him for yourself. You notice that he's happy, confident, and caring. People follow him and look up to him. Surely he can help you figure out what you're missing. Hearing that he's about to leave town, you race up to him to glean some of his wisdom before he goes. The crowd moves aside as you push your way to Jesus. Breathless, you ask your question and wait for his reply. You're nervous. What if there's a rule you missed? While you wait for Jesus to answer, you look around at his other followers. Surprised, you notice that they seem very ordinary, and you begin to relax. There's no way these guys have done more than you." And then Jesus pauses thoughtfully, stopping his journey to take the time to answer your question. Mark 10, verse 18 to 20. "'Why do you call me good?' Jesus asked. Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. You must not cheat anyone. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, the man replied, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. As Jesus talks, you start to feel pretty good about yourself. You must not murder, check. Not stealing, check. Listening to your parents, I mean, pretty much. So is that it? You're in the clear? Mark 10 verse 21 to 22. Looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. There is still one thing you haven't done, He told him, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. Oh no, there's no way this is what you were missing. You look around at everyone watching you. You look back toward your nice house, and then you look down at the ground. How could Jesus expect so much of you? after everything you've done. But in all of that looking, you forget to look at Jesus. He's looking at you with care, love, and understanding. He knows you're unsatisfied. He knows you've been looking in all the wrong places. And he so badly wants to help you see that too. But because you're clinging so tightly to what you have and what you've done, you walk away from Jesus's invitation to a lifetime of friendship with him. Mark 10, verse 23 to 25. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. This amazed them. But Jesus said again, dear children, it is very hard to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Imagine being someone in the crowd during this interaction. You watch this guy that you've probably seen around before. His life has always seemed really good. So when he walks away, you get a little afraid. If he couldn't make it with Jesus, how could you? Then Jesus turns to you and explains how difficult it is for someone like him to have a relationship with God and that it'd be easier for a huge camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone like this guy to enter God's kingdom. What? There's definitely no chance for you then. But Jesus isn't done yet. Mark 10, verse 26 to 27. The disciples were astounded. Then who in the world can be saved? They asked. Jesus looked at them intently and said, Humanly speaking, it is impossible, but not with God. Everything is possible with God. As you listen to his response, it clicks. This rich man walked away from Jesus because he was trying to work the system relying on his own strength, his own power, and his own good deeds to get what he wanted. But he was unsatisfied and unsuccessful because human effort couldn't make him good in God's sight. In all of that working and striving and following, he lost sight of what God wanted most—a relationship. Jesus knew there were things this man needed to let go of in order to really see God things he relied on that blinded him from the relationship right in front of him. Jesus loved him and wanted to give him what he was really searching for. We each have things that we need to let go of so we can build a real relationship with God. We have with us today, our special guest, Razeray Chan, a recent graduate of UC Berkeley, who currently works as a mentor for teenagers and college students to help us with some ways to do that. Okay, Razeray, let's first talk about rule following. What's your experience with rules and how did that affect your relationship with God?
1: Yeah, it's funny because I didn't grow up with a ton of rules from my family but I, I did feel a lot of pressure to keep myself together which made me feel restricted. The unwritten rules I constantly had playing in my head were do well in school, don't be lazy, don't be emotional, don't be a mess. My mom and grandma were immigrants, we were living with low income in Oakland. My dad wasn't around. My brother had different health issues. I felt like if I didn't do all the things I needed to do, then I was adding to my family's burdens and that I was failing them. So I got really good at hiding my emotions. And I'm a great performer. Theater was actually my minor in college. So I really put that talent to action when I'd be sniffling and crying in class and would convince everyone it was my allergies. Ah, totally makes sense.
0: I have a lot of unwritten rules too, and I'm always trying to perform perfectly, but I was not a theater minor, so I'm sure I don't pull it off as well as you did. Okay, next question. Were there any things that you had to let go of in order to build your relationship with God?
1: I had to let go of my image, that I had everything together and that I didn't need anybody else. It was really hard to admit that I wasn't happy with life because on paper, I was doing everything right. I was on the right track to success with perfect grades, ready to get into the best colleges, have the best career. I was very social and outgoing, but in reality, I had no idea what I was doing with my future or in all my relationships. My identity relied so much on this image I had of myself, and letting that go was so scary. Even though I believed in God, I didn't believe he had a good plan for my life. I just saw him as someone that watched from the sidelines and that if I wanted to have a successful life, I'd have to make it happen myself. The way I viewed myself was how I thought God viewed me. That I'd fail him and be a burden if I didn't juggle and stay perfect at everything he wanted me to do. But that's not how God operates. I don't need to earn a grade or pass a test in order to please him. The idea that God just loved me without me having to do anything felt terrifying because I couldn't mentally understand it. Seeing him as a relationship started when I was able to talk to him about every little thing I felt. I could tell him about the things I wanted and the things I was upset about. I didn't feel like I had to hold things back from him. And this is a constant battle. When I try to put myself together to please God, it affects the people around me. Just this past month, two friends on two separate occasions told me they thought of me as the mom friend, which might sound like a good thing, taking care of people and trying to help them. But what they also felt for me is that I don't share my own weaknesses and needs which makes them feel afraid, I'll judge them for their weaknesses and needs. I always have to learn that God doesn't want perfection. He just wants me. I love Jeremiah 1.5, because it says that God chose me before I was even born, before I could do anything to prove myself or earn his love. Holding on to what God says in scriptures like that really helps me, so I don't choose my thoughts over what God says. Thanks, Rosaray. Those are really helpful
0: insights about letting go of our pride to be able to have a real relationship with God. So that wraps up the story for today. If you like what you heard, make sure to subscribe and leave us a nice review. If you have any questions or stories you want to hear, drop us a line at podcast at deepspirituality.com.